Are you ready to make 2017 the year you transform your life? You can wait for something to happen, or you're actually going to decide to go, go home after this weekend to do something about that. We all know that we have a very, very limited amount of time on this earth. So let's not have repeated years. Live your own life. Make the choice, make the decision for your own life. Fear is where you develop courage. There's a moment going, holy crap, all right, I'm gonna do this now. The wellness breakthrough is coming. And so you actually have that choice every single morning, every single day, every single moment to decide whether you're gonna live it to the fullest or not. Join myself, Marcus Pierce, and the wellness guys, Damien Christoph, Lawrence Tam, and Brett Hill for two nights and three days of transformation at the country place. 10 acres of breathtaking rainforest in the Dandenong Ranges of Victoria, February 17th to 19th. It's each and every single one of you are gonna support each other in your journey, whatever that journey is. Couples discounts available, limited spots remaining for all information and to watch the spine chilling video, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up For A Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith and Kim Morrison. up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And I'm a little excited because this is a topic that is on the tip of everybody's lips at the moment, all through social media. Everybody's talking about it. And it's this incredible ketosis diet that um, is all over the internet. And I think I spoke to Cindy about this last week and she said, oh, my God, she said it's everywhere, everybody's talking about it, and I'm seeing it all through my social media feeds. So many people are doing it. And it's um, fortunately we do have the wonderful, all-knowing Obi-Wan Kenobi Cindy. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. (laughs) The Obi-Wan one. We've got her right here in her hip pocket to tell us all about what it is, if it works, what it does, and lo and behold, would you believe it? Would you believe it? Kimmery has actually done it. So I think we are in very safe hands here today, people. Very safe hands. Let's get them set. All righty. What do we know? What do we not know? What do we need to know? Okay, so first of all, let's um, talk about, I think, the anthropology and the history of the ketone diet. Because while everybody thinks it's new, you, butte or everything, it's actually not. It's, it's thousands of generations old. It's something that our bodies have gone um, in and out of throughout history. So if we have a look at what we know about planet Earth at the moment. We realise that there are seasons that are dry and other seasons that are wet, other seasons um, 
you know, there might be, it might be really cold, depending on what part of the earth you live on, or might be really hot. There could be a bushfire that's gone through or a tsunami. And all of these factors influenced food availability before we had grocery stores. So we're only looking at a very small period of time where we were not dependent on the planet for our food. Now we're just dependent on a grocery store. And as long as the food's in the grocery store, we really don't care. But if we look back at our history, all of these factors um, allowed us to either be um, have lots of food available to us or no food available to us. So our body created a system and it's our body and I always talk about, you know, the vitalistic approach to everything, that our body has an innate intelligence. As long as we give it the right resources, it will do what it needs to do in order to be healthy physically and mentally. So it developed a system where it could use different uh, types of food or macro foods, which are fats, proteins, and carbohydrates. So it, it used different sources in order to survive. So let's take a very, very um, prosperous summer. And look, let's look at the foods that were available in a prosperous summer. And I mean, as far as food goes. So we would have had, if you're in the subtropics or the tropics, you would have lots of mangoes and lots of sweet fruits and animals would have been eating the grass and they would have been fat and they would have had saturated fat on them. We would have had um, copious amounts of food available to us. We could have eaten till our hearts desire. It didn't matter where you lived if it was a prosperous summer, whether you lived in um, Greenland when the snow melted and all the food became available to you, mainly plant-based foods. Uh, it didn't matter if you lived in the, the tropics. Let's take an example of them, the Catavas. So the Catavas would have eaten lots of mango and papaya and coconut and fish. So there was there was food, food aplenty. And the body would live off the carbohydrates. So carbohydrates are available usually in the summer, usually when there's plenty of plant-based foods available, that's when carbohydrates are available. And the body would use those carbohydrates um, by simplifying it down into sugars. And then if we had too much sugar in our blood, the body would say, well, I have enough. I've stored enough in the liver and in, enough in the liver as um, glycogen and I've stored enough in my muscles I'm going to store now in my fat cells. And so you would put on weight. Now, fat cells are important for perpetuation of the human species. It's, a, it's, a, we, it's really important that we have fat cells in order to produce a, a major hormone called leptin. Leptin was something that um, would tell the rest of the hormones that there's plenty of food in the tank in the way of fat cells, and um, we could possibly get pregnant. And so there'd be lots of estrogen and testosterone and progesterone being mulled around in the um, between the sexes, and there would be a pregnancy that happened in the summer. And as the winter came, then the winter would be not as plentiful, but we would use those fat stores in order to survive a pregnancy until the spring came when we would have our babies, uh, we would breastfeed them. By the time the summer came, there was more food available and so on and so on. So when food wasn't available as it was in the summer, let's say we had a really bad winter, there was a, in, a, in the tropical region, there was a say a typhoon or a cyclone or a tsunami or there was a fire in the desert regions and all of a sudden 
all plant-based foods have disappeared and there's, there's not a lot available to us, but there's still some animals around. So we would, instead of consuming plant-based foods, we would consume animal-based foods and animal-based foods being uh, whatever animal was around or what any product that they made. So if we realised that we could drink the milk, ferment it, make cheeses and butters and things like that, which we've done for ever since the herding society started, then we would consume those foods. And you will notice in animal and animal produce, there is no carbohydrates. So all of a sudden, the body is starved of carbohydrates. And so the body has created this system. And do you know what? The humans are the only ones with this system. No other animal has this system. Only we have it. So what we would do is that from our fat stores, if we had any fat stores, or the fat that we consumed, we would make a different type of energy source called ketones. So when there's carbohydrates around, we use glucose. When there's fat around, we use ketones and no carbohydrates around. And this would help us survive a drastic winter, a tsunami, a fire, whatever it was that didn't allow us to have those carbohydrates. But the other thing that it would do at that stage is that if you didn't have any fat on you and you were surviving on the fat that you were digesting or eating, then it would put you in, especially females, it would put you into a state of intermittent infertility because you can't survive. You get pregnant, you will not survive. And that would have been disastrous if season after season, not a lot of food was available. So you can see that we have used this system for a type of survival, but we moved in and out of using the ketones as energy and we would go back to using carbohydrates. We never stayed in a ketotic diet. We would always come in and out of it. So that, that's the basis of, of where this, this diet is starting to come from. Is it and safe? When you realize, is sorry? It, is it actually safe to do this? Like is, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying and, and I've, I've always learned through Nora Gagardis and people like that that to be a fat burner, yeah, it's, it's possibly much better than being a sugar burner um, and and therefore that is good. So from what I understand, then are you saying this is a this is a good thing? Then is that right? Yes, yeah, but not to stay in it. And everybody wants to stay in it. Mm. And this is the issue: is that I don't think as females, especially and uh, and long term in ma- the males, we should be staying in it. We should be coming in and out of it like we always did. It, to stay in a ketotic state. Um, you know, you could probably survive and there are some therapeutic reasons why you would stay in a, a, um, a ketogenic state or ketotic state. But I, look, I don't see it as a bad thing. No, not at all. But I think it's bad if you stay in that type of, of diet. I think you should go with the ebb and flow of the seasons. When mangoes are available, eat the mangoes. This is for not somebody in a therapeutic reason why they're doing this. This is for just the normal Joe blog around the street that wants to eat the right foods, how do we do that? Do we, we just, you know, go away from eating the whole variety that's available to us here or do we stay in with just meat and meat products and maybe some greenery and some nuts and seeds and, and, and that's it and not eat any carbohydrates whatsoever in the way of grains, in the way of sweet potato, in the way of, you know, all of those things. So the, 
the general theme is, is that, you know, 40, 50 years ago, we went from low fat to high carbohydrate. So, and, and that was the standard diet. And what that standard diet has done has done exactly what any like body would do if it stays on carbohydrates all the time and nothing else and stays away from fat. It will use the carbohydrates. But if you have too many of them, it will store your carbohydrates in fat. And that's why we now have an obesity epidemic. And if we eat way too many of these of the refined sugars, then we we get into a state of um, diabetes or metabolic syndrome. Um, and that's not type 1 diabetes. This is type 2 diabetes where our bodies have just become fatigued with the amount of sugar we're putting into our system. Our receptors that help the sugar get into the cells become fatigued and that then becomes what we call insulin resistance, which many people have heard of. So there was a nice balance between us eating sugars versus us eating um, the fats and the proteins. It was never something that we stayed in. And be because the diet system is so rigid, and this is the way for everybody is low fat, high carbohydrate, then this is where we've come unstuck. But now we're doing the exact opposite and we haven't learned from that mistake. And we're going, oh, now what we've got to do is we've got to stay into ketosis. So it's going to be high fat, no carb or low carb, small amounts of carb and protein. So we've just gone from one pendulum swing to the other. And I feel that that's dangerous, Kimmy, if that answers your question. Mm. I mean, look, there's these supplements that are out now that everybody's talking about. Um, I don't know if I should name them or not, but they, they are very big and everybody wants to take them because it allows you, if you do have maybe a little bit of carb that you shouldn't have had that if you take another one of these supplements it'll automatically override that and put you back into ketosis I, I don't quite understand how this all works can you give us a little bit of a rundown for people that have been approached by people that have these um powdered sachets sure so um one of the things that i think it's important to know is that there are no foods that are have the ketones that our liver makes. Remember I said to you there is no other animal on the planet that does what we do. Mm. We're the only animal that changes from um, that sugar to that um, the ketones. And um, so now, like anything, we always try to find the magic pill and we always try to find how can we do this easier than going on a diet? Who wants to go on a diet? Nobody wants to go on a diet. Let's just do it with a pill. Who wants to change their lifestyle? Nobody. You know, let's just do it with a pill. And or, or, um, or there's, there's been people, a lot of or the or Cindy, I'll just add to that. Or there's people that are, are wanting to do it, but they want to fast track it, or they want to do it quicker, or they want to have better and faster results. So, yeah. But I think by doing the diet and um, taking the ketones, um, or the ketones that are being um, introduced into multi-level marketing, and you can also buy it without multi-level marketing. By the way, um, I've seen them in both ways. Um, I, I don't think. I think we've got into it too fast. It's a prototype. And if you listen to the amazing people that uh, are talking about this, such as Dominic D'Agostino um, and I forget the – let me just get to the other gentleman's name. 
um, I've been listening to some amazing people speak on this subject. They never so much talk about the exogenous ketones. They talk about the endogenous, which means they're the ones the liver makes. His name's Peter Atia, A-T-T-I-A. And the other gentleman that I've been listening to is a professor that's been studying this for a long, long time. His name's Dr. Richard Veach, V-E. E-C-H. So by listening to these guys and realizing why they even got into it. So for um, Dr. D'Agostino, he got into it because he was really interested in that when Navy SEALs um, was were going underwater with their breathing apparatuses and they couldn't, they didn't want the bubbles to come out because they were doing covert operations, they had to... Um, changed the way they they did their breathing and the oxygen mixtures and everything like that. And they noticed that the Navy SEALs were having seizures. So he went into it to see, well, what can we give these guys to stop them having seizures as a result of this um, oxygen that they're, they're breathing? And he noticed if, he, if they were on the ketone diet and that they had um, ketones in their blood system, then they didn't have the seizures. And where he got this from was the 1930s study, which showed that children with epilepsy, if drugs were not working, a, a diet um, that was ketotic, which meant no carbohydrates, just fats and proteins, actually stopped their seizures. So he started to research this, and then he researched not only the Navy SEALs and then athletes and then people with Parkinson's, people with um, multiple sclerosis. So, And we do know that, you know, Dr. Terry Walls, who had multiple sclerosis, basically went on a diet that was ketotic, and it helped her with her multiple sclerosis. So we actually know that this works therapeutically, but this is diet-based. So now let's talk about um, these exogenous salts and esters that are now being produced. So for the most part, and the one that um, I'm noticing many chiropractors getting onto, they're ketone salts. And um, Dr. Veach um, is very wary of ketone salts. He'd rather see people taking ketone esters. Um, but it's, they're very expensive to make at the moment because there's not a big demand for them. And so they're making a cheaper version, which is the salts. So how are they making these ketones? And it's only one ketone that they make, um, and it's the one um, that the liver will produce, and it's called beta-hydroxybutyrate. Um, so the, the beta-hydroxybutyrate has actually been made commercially, um, and I found it that what they do is that there's a, a bacteria that produces poly hydroxybutyrate and then through acid hydrolysis it ends up as beta hydroxybutyrate but this bacteria wasn't making enough of it for the demand so what they did was that they gene spliced out of that bacteria the biosynthesis of that pathway and put it into a bacteria that we know more about which is called Escherichia coli so Escherichia coli is genetically modified in order to produce huge amounts of polyhydroxybutyrate, which then turns into beta-hydroxybutyrate, which is the ketone that our body makes. Is this good or oh is this God, bad? Oh, my God, no. I want to just pop in there very quickly and ask you, if you didn't know much about ketosis and you just had someone saying to you that you could lose weight this way, is it dangerous for people to just go straight into a ket ket ketogenic diet? Is, is there precautions based on what you're saying? 
Well, not the diet, but the, the exogenous ketones that they're yeah. taking. That's sorry, that's right. We I mean. don't know. Mm-hmm. This is a prototype, Kimmy. But like even the, the really big researchers on this say, we're just learning what this does. But I think we need to ask questions. So if if the body is making it, it's already in the liver and it's in the blood system. It doesn't go through the digestive system. Here we are putting in something that the body has ne- never recognized before in the, in the gut, which is beta-hydroxybutyrate. All of a sudden, we're putting that into the gut. We have to ask questions, especially of the salts. Are the salts changing the acid of the stomach? Does that in turn change the microbiome? How does this change the interstitial tissue of the gut or the epithelial lining? What is it doing to the mucosal layer? So we don't know the answers to these questions because we... We've never done this. You know me, I'm about anthropology, evolution, the history of man's eating, cultures and traditions. And so when I see something like this coming along and we're trying to just take a, 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 a like a, a ketone salt that we've never eaten in the history of our life before, yes, of course it's going to increase the ketones in your blood, most definitely. And of course it's going to cross the blood-brain barrier. But if you don't change your diet and you stay on the SAD diet, which is the standard Australian diet, the standard American diet, the, the you know any of those diets, and you're eating high carbohydrates, no fats, and you're eating these ketones, then what's the mm. well, what's the ramifications? Mm. We don't know. Plus, these ketones are not only made from genetically modified bacteria in Escherichia coli, but they're also got all these additives to it. So they have flavors, they have co- they have colors, they have artificial sweeteners, they have um, uh, they'll have caffeine in them. They'll and have what, all and of these things. What what's malic acid that's in them as well? Do you know what that is? M A L I C. Is it a sugar? I don't malic? know. Because it's a it's a horrible tasting thing. Apparently, really. Ta- um, yeah, I've tasted it. It tastes like um, a chemical sugar. Tastes like aspartame, you know, well, the, that the, kind of a thing, but with an orange That could be flavor. because of the things that are added to it, but mm. yeah. So mm. it's got a flavor in it. And remember what flavor is for it, flavor is 48 chemicals. Mm. So I, I, we're jumping on a bandwagon that I'm not sure I want to be part of an experiment. Having said that, I do believe there are cases where the ketone ester may play an unbelievable therapeutic role in disease processes. Um, Alzheimer's being one, um, seizures being another, Parkinson's, multiple sclerosis. I think that there are some really good therapeutic reasons for this. But as Dr. Veach says, it's not the salt. He worries about the salt and he explains. Um, and we can, we can put my article on here along with all of the the links, people can learn more about this. And Dr. Veach actually talks about the difference between the salts and the ketones and what's being offered to the general public are the salts, not the ketones. Uh, and and he talks about and he's he's when you listen to somebody who uh, has been studying this for years and years and years, you know, and most people won't do this. Most people will just be told by somebody that, oh, this will give you ketones in your blood. It'll make your blood better, you know, make your brain work better. It'll give you more energy. Um, I, I think we're being sold a, a false um, claim mm. point in time until we, you know, t- until we, we look at other things. And I look, the diet is fine. Go go for the diet. Do the diet. It actually is a very easy diet, but don't stay in it. Come in and out of it. Like 
one of the things that we know happens in the four-phase fat elimination protocol is because there's so little food that you're consuming, um, you're not consuming any fat. You're consuming proteins and large amounts of greenery. But what happens is that your body starts to use the fat cells, produces ketones and gives you energy. And uh, I would say I went into ketosis about day 10 of the four-phase fat elimination protocol when I rang you, Kimmy, and said I was, you know, the world was so much brighter than it had ever been before and I was connected <laughs> with the universe, you know. <laughs> so that's, that's, what, that's what ketosis does for you is it gives you unbelievable clarity of mind um, and it, 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 is, it does amazing things to help people, but that's endogenous ketones, not exogenous ketones. So I think we need to... Just have awareness, understand what this is all about, uh, and and just have a bit of caution there. And so I'm looking, I'm looking at this this Keto Australia website, and it doesn't have. And I've been looking at some others. There's another one called Leptogen, um, but they don't mention the exogenous or the endogenous um, ketones here. So they don't, they don't they don't mention that anywhere. Yeah, there'll be people that'll be promoting the diet, which is which is good. You know, that's a promotion of of the diet. But a lot of people are promoting the diet and saying stay in it, whereas I I don't agree with with so that when at you all. Say, when you say come in and out of it, like for people who are listening that are thinking, okay, well I can do that. I can follow Cindy's advice. Is this like a um, three weeks in? 10 months out or okay. once a okay. year cleanse or, a, you know, because a lot of people are big on those detoxes and trying to find something that gives them that, that cleanse. Is, what, what's, what would you suggest? Yeah. Um, well, every time you go to bed, if you use up your glycogen sores in your liver, not your muscles, but in your liver, um, your body will make ketones to keep it going, keep the brain going and keep all the energy needs of the body. And your brain is a very greedy organ. It takes 25% of your energy that you consume uh, to keep it going. So if you've got no glycogen left in your liver because you ate at four or five and you don't eat again until 11 the next day or something, your body will start to use the, the um, fat cells um, and produce ketones. So you actually do that um, whenever you don't eat, if you've used up all your glycogen stores within the liver. So you're going in and out of it on a 24-hour basis if you, you know, like if, if, if you're not a, a huge eater, like you don't eat at midnight and then start eating at five in the morning, your body will do that. When, when you forget to eat and there's no glycogen, it will do it again, you know. So, um, and then, so lack of food, lack of carbohydrates uh, and maybe through the night it will go into a ketotic state when your body is working at its, at its best. But many people's bodies are not working well. So if we were to go, if we said right now, let's pretend that there's been a tsunami, a fire, there's no food available, all we've got is animal and animal products um, and maybe some nuts and seeds that we managed to salvage. Um, and now I know um, you are absolutely freaking at the moment, Karen. <laughs> but let's just imagine that that's what's happened. So for a male, they will adapt to that diet very quickly and um, probably go in, in three weeks or less even. 
depending on how much food they're eating. So if they're eating lots of proteins and, and fats, they probably won't go in as fast as if they've lowered their calories immensely. For a woman, it may take up to 12 weeks. Now, you have to question why is it different for a male and different for a female? And mine is survival of the species. We don't want a woman going into ketosis and staying in ketosis because she may become infertile. You ask many women who have gone on this diet with their men and the women lose their cycle and they can't stay on it like the men can stay on it. Mm -hmm. So that 12-week adaptation is a survival thing for 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 the survival of the species. I, I, look, I, I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but that's how I interpret why it takes different for a woman to a man. Is there a difference between, um, well, ketosis and then I've heard the phrase keto-adapted? What does that mean? Like, does that, is that more for the woman than she adapts to ketosis and the man can start? Like, what does that actually mean? Do you know? Well, ketosis, nutritional ketosis is... Um, it's seen, like if you were going to take blood levels, um, usually in the morning your blood ketones will be about um, 0.5 millimoles, molars. That's how they measure it. If you were in nutritional ketosis, it goes up. So it might be like one to three. If you're in starvation ketosis, which means you haven't eaten, um, a little bit like what the four-phase fat elimination protocol puts you into, it's, um, and not everybody does that because everybody's body's different, you, your measurement will be about three to five. The body will never, ever, ever go over the number eight as far as ketosis goes, as long as you are not type one diabetic. Mm-hmm. So when we, we talk about ketoacidosis, I don't know if that's what you're talking about, mm-hmm. Kimmy, but when we talk about ketoacidosis, it means when we measure the blood ketones, they're 10 plus in, in the millimolar mm-hmm. if we, we, we measure it. And that can only happen when insulin is not being produced because insulin is also the moderator of ketones. It's not only the moderator of glucose, it will moderate um, ketones. So a lot of people go, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to go you know, into that? But ketoacidosis will only happen if you're a type 1 diabetic or that's usually what happens and people discover that they are a type 1 diabetic. Whereas... Um, Going into nutritional ketosis and starvation ketosis is also different. Um, But then we don't know enough about exogenous ketones. Yes, they'll put your ketones up in your blood and they will help you with your sugar. Yet we've seen that, um, but we don't know the long-term ramifications um, of doing that. Did I answer your question, Kim? I think so. I, I just I, it's very new to me the whole concept and and I I went and bought the little sticks that you can buy from the chemist which interestingly enough they would only sell me they thought they would give me the sticks because I bought one of those um readers because you put your not sticks you put your yeah it is a stick you put the blood you prick your finger and you do like a, a diabetes test but you use the keto sticks instead of the um, insulin sticks and it was a really easy quick way to to see whether your body was in ketosis or not and it was great I loved it and I was fascinated by it interestingly enough though they wouldn't sell me the little kit they didn't want to sell it to me the thing unless I was insulin and I said oh unless I had problem with insulin and I said oh no and then I realized I had to kind of almost um, sort of say that my doctor suggested that I did it. Like here I was wanting to do it for health reasons to understand what my body was and yet they'll give it to someone who has problems but they wouldn't give it to someone who just wanted to look at their body. So anyway, I finally got it 
And as I, the, the keto sticks are a lot more expensive than the insulin sticks. But it was fascinating. And when I went into, like I had, a, I had a game of tennis and then measured myself after tennis. And that's what I was wondering. My keto, it was a really low number. And that's when they called that something like you're in um, athletic ketosis or something, which is really, it's, it's, it's real high fat burning and it's, it's, it's supposed to be good. But I don't know if I was meant to stay there for long. And I, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, the whole thing got so confusing for me that I just wanted to eat my food and, and then I was kind of like, <laughs> I, was, I was just getting a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> I was getting overwhelmed with when to measure, what to measure and how to measure and it was just like, oh, I feel okay, isn't that enough? Um, but I was fascinated at how the ketosis, how I could come in and out of it very quickly and if I'd had mm. just a tiny little bit of carb, say sweet potato or something, it changed my levels very quickly. So I was more, I'm more, yes, you have answered me. I'm just wanting to know if you think this is a fad then, or if that's what you're suggesting, if this is some sort of fad, is there going to be people with problems doing this diet or is that what you're suggesting? We don't know the long-term effects, not the diet, sorry, but using the supplements. Yeah, the exogenous ones. Um, yeah, I, look, I don't know the consequences of that and everybody will probably be very different because we all react to to everything differently. You know, there are, there are, there are people who don't process aspirin and so they shouldn't be taking aspirin and we're just starting to learn that um, with all the genetic testing that we're doing at the moment. We're beginning to understand that imprecision um, medicine is now turning a leaf to precision medicine. So imprecision medicine and imprecision nutrition or whatever you want to, any one you want to look at is you have this condition, this is your diet, this is your drug. Whereas precision medicine and precision diet is looking at, um, and we did talk about um, this in an interview, I think, um, we did uh, either last week or the week before, uh, where I spoke to the people from Smart DNA, mm-hmm. where we look at your um, what's happening in your gene profile, and we see that this would be a better thing for you to do, or you should avoid this. So we're becoming more precise with our our way of looking at things. But you know, I look at at that, and I think, well, it wasn't like that, you know, way back when. But what's happening is that we're changing because of all the chemicals that are in our environment. We're changing because of our food supply, how our food's made, um, and everything else that's happening that perhaps we need to get down to that precision medicine where we are looking at a genetic makeup and knowing what's the best thing. So in answer to your question, Kim, will everybody be okay on this? But let's look at somebody who's a blood type O versus somebody who's a blood type A versus B versus AB. And we actually know their heritage and we know the foods that they used to eat. So the O's were the hunter-gatherers, the ones that probably would have gone into ketosis more than the A's. And it's funny, Damien, Christoph and I were having a big discussion about this and he said, you know, what he's seeing is that the blood type A's don't perform as well on being in ketosis as the blood type O's do. Mm. So then it's about, um, okay, what's the best thing for, you know, that, that, that all started with Peter Diadamo in his book, The Blood Type Diet. So we're, we differ in our genetic makeup. We differ in how we process things. We differ in our chemical exposure. And so to ask me, 
um, is this a fad and is this going to be okay for everybody? Um, I don't know the answer to that. This is a prototype. Nobody knows the answer to that and I'm not going to be part of that experiment. I just won't. There's a fascinating comment on here um, which I think kind of helps me and and he just says, can you... I'm a non-believer in taking the supplement, and he said he's tried it. And I want you to follow my logic. And Cindy, this might explain it. I, t- tell me if you think it's right because he's asking the question. Step one, a carb-restricted diet causes hormones to break down fatty acids in stored fat cells. Step two, the fatty acids get pushed to the liver where by way of enzymes they break down further into ketone bodies. Step three, the ketone bodies jump into the blood and get pushed to various areas of the body that need it for energy. Step four, all leftover, unneeded ketone bodies are shoveled into your kidneys to be sent out of your body via your urine. Now, he's then saying since this supplement is adding ketones to the body opposed to forcing the body to produce them, he thinks it's fair to say that taking the supplement starts you off in step three if that's accurate, then step one and two have not occurred, which means the breakdown of fatty acids haven't occurred. And that would be problematic for those using the product in hopes of burning fat or force, forcing fat oxidation. So I guess he's, you know, he's saying taking this product will not provide any immediate fat loss benefits, um, but it can provide energy during workouts. So, it, and it might suppress hunger, which may directly result in preventing additional weight gain which will stop you from gaining more weight, but it doesn't actually alter the weight that you're currently at. So it's, he's, and he's asking mm-hmm. for someone to say, is, if, if, is this the right biochemistry? And someone with a lot of knowledge has come back and said yes. So I think, is that the way then? So just back to that, if you can explain it to me again, if I had that right and what he's saying, is that mm. step one, we take the carbs out of our diet, the hormones break down fatty acids in the stored fat cells. Yes. When we take, when so we- the hormones, the hormone, so the hormones, so leptin is is the number one hormone that reacts with all the other ones. But he might be talking about glucagon and insulin because insulin uh, also is the one that helps with the regulation of ketones as well. So maybe he's talking about insulin and glucagon because. Mm-hmm. You know, they're part of it. And could it be ghrelin as well? So there's there's lots of hormones that um, are associated with our hunger state, our need to eat, our need to stop eating. So all of these um, balance out that as well as balance out our sexual hormones as well. And our adre- like our hormones for adrenaline, our hormones for metabolism, which is um, the thyroid hormones, they all work in unison. So to say... You know, the hormones, lack of carbohydrates or hormones then go into the fatty acid to to use, you know, to make ketones. I don't know which um, one he's talking about, but let's just say that there is an interaction of hormones, which are messengers to the cells, to break down the fatty acids to produce ketones. Ketones um, not only feed uh, the cells of the body, they feed the cells of the brain. And then, of course, it has to be excreted through the kidneys. Um, and it is a, a more acidic state um, that we into by doing this. And, you know, that's the other thing is, you know, there's this whole acid-alkaline balance that everybody's talking about saying maybe we should be more alkaline than balanced. And I think this is where Dr. Veach comes into it, where he says perhaps instead of taking the salts, take the esters, but like they're not available like the salts are. 
he also talks about that oxidation process, that it causes um, a more oxidative state. So more free radicals are made and an aging process is faster. Mm-hmm. And that's why, that's why I think it's about, you know, us com- just realizing that this is not the be-all and end-all just like the low-fat, high-carbohydrate diet wasn't. But it's part of, of, you know, part of your repertoire for seasonal eating. And when you seasonally eat and you eat within your, you know, latitude and longitudinal areas, um, I can never remember which goes which, <laughs> but, you know, the one that's the same as the Tropic of Capricorn and Cancer <laughs> and the equator, that one. Um, if, we, if we eat within that realm, so, um, you know, like we have berries up here in the winter, whereas in the summer it's in Victoria. I remember at um, – where were we? The Dandenongs who were eating all those berries. Yes, <laughs> They're available yeah. in the – you know, so things just, things just. Um, I think if we just start looking back to nature and start realizing that there is a reason why we had low fat and high carb, and there was reasons why we had high fat, low carb, and and don't stay in one. Eat eat as well as you can. Like Kimmy, you already do this. You mm. go to the farmers markets. You buy what's available in our local area from mm. the farmers markets, and if it's not there, you don't buy it. Yeah, like. I don't buy grapes in the middle of winter. Just, that's just ridiculous. Or cherries or peaches or nectarines. That I buy them in the summer. I buy mangoes. And then I get I've – had, I've just had it up to the brim with mangoes by the end of the season. I never want to see another mango. And comes again, I'm ready for mangoes again. You know? mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's about – and then in the summer, I mean, in the winter, I eat a lot of citrus and apples and pears because that's what's available here. Mm. And and even I think figs are available in our um, in our spring. So I think it's about um, doing that ebb and flow and not staying in it unless there is a therapeutic reason for you to stay in there because it's a matter of life and death. It's a matter of um, uh, uh, like having a better quality of life. Um, and you know, one of the things that I would love is I would love to get some ketone esters for my dad because my dad's just not prepared to change his diet and he's 88 and I figured gosh if I could give him a couple more years of really good cognition he'd be he'd be going well so in my way of thinking that might be a therapeutic reason to use the esters but it's a matter of me finding the esters I can find the salts they're easy but after listening to Dr Veach I'm not sure I want to even consider the salts because of the oxidative processes and the and and we don't know the ramifications you know, it's it, it, this is a it, it's a tough one, but I don't think it's for somebody who just wants more energy and and better cognition, and they're not prepared to change their diet. I just think that um, we're playing with fire. Mm. Do you think but, then? Is is am I right to assume that the low fat high, sorry, the high fat low carb diet? Sorry if I'm not making sense here. Is that kind of is that a ketogenic diet? Yes. Oh, yes. So why Definitely. is it just now become a fancy term? Because we've all been hearing, you know, high fat, low carb for the, since paleo became very um, popular as a word. Is ketogenic just the next play, playful word that everyone's using? Is that what you're seeing? I think so. I think so. I think I think it's just another word because the low carb, high fat is you go into ketosis definitely mm. um, because there's no, you know, there's not much carb in there. But they eat a lot of dairy. They um, their, their fat sources are animal sources, whereas when you look at paleo, paleo, they won't eat dairy. Um, 
so their fat sources are more plant-based um, and they will eat animal sources, so fish, chicken and, and meat, um, but they won't eat large amounts of it. So, And when you look at around the world at the different paleos that there are, there are many different paleos. So if we look at the Katavas, which I've already talked about, so they were um, – a, a type of hunter-gatherer. They lived in Papua New Guinea. They, live on, they still live in Papua New Guinea on an island, and that's why we, we have a glimpse into their lifestyle and we see what they eat. They eat a high-carbohydrate diet with coconut fat and fish. So they're actually on a high-carbohydrate diet, but they don't have the problems that we have. That, so they're not in ketosis. But let's go down into Africa, into Namibia, and let's go to the Himbas. Now, the Himbas live in a deserted place, like a, a place that's a desert. There's not a lot of plant life there. They rely on the animal to give them the produce, which is dairy um, of some sort, whether it be goat or, or cow. So they rely on those animals in order for them to survive. And then they'll eat some things that are available to them depending on what the weather was like, whether they – you know, something sprouted and they were able to eat it or not. And you could go to somebody that's at 14,000 feet above sea level, which are the Kagiyas of Premier, and they eat exactly the same as the Namibian um, uh, Himbas, and they eat meat, and but mainly they eat the, the produce, which and they have a little bit of rhubarb and I think onion, and occasionally they'll eat wheat. So they're... All these diets, sometimes they're ketogenic, sometimes they're carbohydrate, but nobody had the issues that we do as humans today because we eat completely synthetic foods. Well, we, I don't. I, I choose to eat whole foods. But as a whole, the population of Australia or the US, they eat these synthetic foods. And it doesn't matter what your macronutrients are on these synthetic foods, you're going to get sick. It's just, it's just going to happen because our body doesn't know how to use it. So here we enter in these ketone salts. These are, are things that the body cannot recognize in, in the gut because it's, it's just something that um, we don't put through our gut. We make it ourselves. It doesn't come in a food. So we, we're producing this, this salt that we're not even sure really what the ramifications are. And when you listen to these experts out there, he says, these are prototypes. We don't know. And I love that, but they don't know. But everybody else who's selling it, your mother, your sister, your friend, your whoever's selling it, saying, oh, this is what it's going to do for you and it's the best thing out and it's the, the new butte pill. And I'm just warning people, that's all. I'm just mm -hmm. letting them know that we need to um, take heed and, and, and not because we don't know. We don't know. So, Kimmy, when you were taking it, how did you feel? Did you feel any different? Did, I mean, what was the sense? Because it's describing, I'm going through it here from page to page. It's prove it, isn't it? That mm. That's the, the one that makes it? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so they're saying, you know, it's going to increase your brain functionality. It's going to give you way more energy. What did you feel? I mean, you're already, you're already kind of like the little hyper bunny. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. And this was maybe look, I, I did it because because people, so many people were talking about it, and because so many people were doing it. I'm always, I'm also where Cindy will research it. I will do it to see what it feels. So it's it's like she, it's great actually because when I when I was going through it, I I looked at some of the ingredients and obviously the natural flavors 
alerted me, but the fact that it was sweetened with stevia and not aspartame. So that was the flavors was predominantly the one thing I was concerned with, but I thought, all right, I'll give this a crack. So um, I was only taking half a packet a day um, uh, and, and because there was so much. I just was like, wow. I guess it, it, I would use it like a, a meal supplement. But to be honest, I love, you know, now I haven't taken any for ages and, and I, I would rather have one of my green smoothies with peppermint oil in it to, to be my little um, stimulant and my, you know, to, to be a meal if, in, in itself. So I don't know. I, I don't, I didn't notice, maybe I was looking for utopia, maybe I was trying to work it out. I don't know. I didn't lose lots of weight. I didn't, um, I didn't have this magic feeling, not like I did on the four-phase fat elimination, like Cindy, on that 10th or 11th day, I felt so light and clear. Now, the only bummer about the four-phase elimination was the fact that I couldn't exercise, and, and I did exercise a bit, so I pushed myself, and, you know, of course I went outside the realm of what I was meant to be doing. I didn't do as I was told. Um, and then I complained nonstop that I couldn't have my sweet potato, and... And then Cindy goes, well, have your blimmin' sweet potato. And I had half a sweet potato, felt fine, and then I was I was all over myself again and got back on track. So I'm just one of those people that has to feel my way. And unless I feel really comfortable, I guess mentally, emotionally, and perhaps even spiritually about the whole thing, then I don't notice it. And so, so for me, it wasn't a wonder thing, put it that way. And the fact that it wasn't real, I kind of went, mm. I don't know. I quite like the the low carb, high fat diet. I love that diet. I love my fat, and I really enjoy lots and lots of greens. So I really like the principles of the ketogenic diet. A part of me was looking at these supplements as a cheat's way of trying to get there quicker, or to do it by still eating something that I shouldn't. And when I look at that as a philosophy, well, that's going to always be short term. It's never going to give you long term. Um, gain when you're going in for a short-term process but you know for some people maybe it's that boost they need to get started but you know I always say to people you want a quick boost and you want to lose quite quickly then do the four-phase fat elimination diet through Cindy but do it properly and do it and prepare Mm -hmm. right and make sure you're the right person for it and you know there's no my, my whole point on all of this is I don't believe there's any shortcuts to health there's no shortcuts mm. to losing weight. You can't hide inflammation or being overweight. You can't hide being unfit. You can't hide it. So the more we try and cheat it or the more we try and do things or take things to have it happen quicker, whilst sometimes I can appreciate that things may give you that short-term boost to then get you right on track again, I, I don't know if everybody has the psychology, the mindset to appreciate that that's all it could be. And I think we're looking for the quick fix answers most of the time. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, it concerns me with, you know, since Cindy and I spoke the other the other day, I've, you know, seen so much more. It's just been on my radar. And it just, it always concerns me when there's, um, you know, a lot of hype around something and especially, and I mean no disrespect to multi-level marketing, but especially when multi-level marketing strategy is coming behind and it becomes now not just about health and well-being but it actually becomes about money there always seems to be a blurred line and it concerns me when these sorts of things happen because I worry that the people who have the psychological uh, issue with their weight there's no there's no solution for that 
in a pill. And there's no solution for that. And as you said, Kimmy, there's there's no shortcut to it. There, 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 there really isn't. So if a person is overweight because of, you know, emotional eating issues or psychological issues and they're turning to food for comfort, um, you, you know, I mean, all of this sort of stuff, it, it, it's just it's just another let down at the end of it it's just another fad that will have a person put on more weight afterwards you know i just it it always um it always raises alarm bells for me because i think from statistics when i was um last doing eat with ease from statistics 90 percent of the population are, are emotional eaters so if 90% of the population are emotional leaders, let's suggest that potentially, potentially half of those people could be overweight and potentially half of those people could be bordering on obese, even though now statistics are showing 68% of Australians are obese mm. and 38% of that number are under the age of 13. <gasps> That's oh, just so, it's so... I know. I know. I just it, it it almost it almost brings me to my knees when I when I think of you know what we continually do to ourselves and whether this diet is great or not. I'm not the one that can ever say that because you know I I I haven't done it and I'm certainly not you know Obi Wan like Cindy. But I always get concerned for those people who are in that bracket that and the children who are in that bracket because this this is not an answer. There's a deeper healing that's required for us to, hear, to, to to get beyond the need to be obese, beyond the need for that self-preservation and protection and you know, all the stuff that goes along with the psychological obesity as well as the physical obesity. It just, it, 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 you know, it always just gives me a bit of a, bit of a sadness, you know, because we're, and you said the same thing earlier on, Sydney, Cindy, although in a different context, you know, we're just doing the same thing we've always done. It's just another. It's just another bandwagon to jump on, because we still haven't found the right solution. And I'm I'm reading here the ketogenic diet for beginners on the dietdoctor.com. Oh yes, he's wonderful, the diet doctor. <laughs> you know, I'm looking. I'm just looking at this picture here, and there are avocados, broccoli, lettuce, asparagus, a chicken. Granted, there's meat and eggs, cheese, olive oil, cauliflower. Red cabbage, cream, nuts, yogurt, capsicums. Just the picture is enough for me to say, seriously, you trade that for a sachet? <laughs> I don't get it. Good I mean, a girlfriend said to me once um, ages ago because she just didn't really understand, um, you know, about being a vegan, and she said to me, don't you, get, don't you miss chewing? She said, I really miss Masticating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she meant to say something else there, but I think I, I, I get it's it's curious to me. It's 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 very curious to me, and of course, I'm very interested in it. And that, I think you know what you've covered with us today, Cindy, has been mm. a real eye opener to just really dive in and have a, a bit of a closer look. But I think, like you said earlier, Cindy, you said to try it. But just don't stay in it. Um, one other thing I'd love to say is is that you've both made the point is, um, and it's rife in all industries, but when you have people selling these products, 
that are have maybe done a, a three hour workshop or a weekend workshop or they're you know that they, they might be qualified people too by the way you know high standing doctors and 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 pts and people which i would take maybe their word maybe a little bit more if they've got a lot more knowledge around it but i just would say to people be careful be careful of what people that are selling it are telling you often it's just parrot learned information i, I see it in the essential oil world all the time mm-hmm. where people yeah. tell you things are safe that i would never as an aromatherapist advocate that people do with essential oils so even though this is fairly new this 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 distribution method with these ketones or these these supplements you know do your own research always listen to Cindy, no, <laughs> always <laughs> listen to, um, but I, I love the way Gorgeous. you help us, Cindy, to dissect the world that can be very confusing to those of us that don't have the nous, the knowledge or the intellect, for, for, and I'm talking for myself, I don't understand when you start giving me all the big breakdown of things, but when you break it down the way you do, I always feel more knowledgeable and for, feel more informed, so that would be my only piece of advice around this. Um, I didn't feel absolutely brilliant for taking it, but then maybe I didn't have a problem that people that need it would. Does that also make sense? Because I don't think I'm someone who was in a in a state that was desperately trying to lose weight, or, or so I might not be the right person either to to judge this. I'm just saying it from my perspective. But ask your specialist or your therapist or the the integrative doctors that you're working with and see if this is a kickstart, if this is a a process that you will then allow your body to take over naturally. How long do you need to be on it? Like I really do my research from that level um, before I undertook because they're not cheap, by the way, either. They're very expensive. Oh, aren't they? No. Okay. Cindy, what do you think about? Um, and, and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just asking this question a bit left of centre. But what do you think about this kind of diet for people who are? Oh, how shall we put this? Oh, let me word this carefully. <laughs> <laughs> Approaching the, um, the the midday of their lives. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> kind of the midday the mid- of their lives. The midday of their lives, not the afternoon, but the midday. You know, <laughs> the menopause, the perimenopause, yeah. the kind of, you know, the middle part. How do you, what do you think about this kind of diet for that? I mean, is that something that people can? Yeah, because we we don't have fertility anymore. That's the end of our fertility. So you still though need, um, you know, your hormones, which your body will make. And once again, yes, give it a go. See how well it works. Does it get rid of your symptoms? Um, And if it does, then, you know, work with it. Then try a little bit of carbohydrate. Put some carbohydrate in because I still think as we get older, we need that fat for um, reserve. I've always felt that. I always feel as we get older to be – and this might be my own bias here because my mum – was so skinny when she got sick and had nothing to keep her going. Mm. So I just, maybe that's my bias going there, but I just think that it, as we get older, it's nice to just have a, don't be to the point where your body can't put fat on because you're eating no sugar whatsoever and all it does is is put, you know, use that fat either as to make ketones and expel it out of the urine, but it never uses it to give you a reserve of some sort. So definitely give it a go. Um, but make it a diet, not exogenous ones. And I guess also what I want to say is that let's look at the big picture here. 
to buy a powder where dubious ingredients are being made with genetic modified bacteria is not looking at the big picture of the planet and not looking at we need to start thinking about how our food is, you know, produced, our agriculture, our animal husbandry. That to me is where we should be focusing and buying those products so that those products become cheaper to us and we don't have to go out and buy some, I don't know how much it is, whatever it is, powder made by genetically modified Escherichia coli. Seriously. <laughs> you know, there's... Uh, yeah, it's common sense. Mm. Thank you, Cindy, yeah. for explaining, though, the whole ketogenic thing. Um, could you just answer one last question for me? When I was testing my blood on the, on the keto, stick, keto sticks, what was it? It was measuring the ketones in my blood. Is that what it is? The ketones. Yes. It measures your ketones. So, um, and usually the one it will be measuring, um, actually, I don't know. Did it tell you whether it was measuring acetoacetate or beta hydroxybutyrate? Because I think, and I, and I may be wrong here, but I think um, acetoacetate or beta hydroxybutyrate goes to acetoacetate or the other way around. And usually they only measure one ketone. So, it, uh, if you were taking the beta hydroxybutyrate, it was probably measuring that. Don't know. So I, you know, I don't know. I don't know um, which one it was measuring, and it only lasts in the system for about three hours. So to take one a day is ludicrous, really. Did it say morning or night? Oh, I'm not talking about the supplements. I'm t I'm talking when I was actually doing the low f low oh, carb, high fat, and I was okay. measuring my ketones yep. with the sticks from the chemist. Yeah, um, yeah. I just wondered if it was measuring it was the ketones in my blood, wasn't it? Because it wasn't urine; well, it was blood. Well, oh, you were doing you were doing the blood test or the urine test? Blood. blood. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, just your blood ketones. Yeah, that's what it was testing. Yeah, okay. and they and it they usually vary. will only test one. It doesn't test the three of them. Oh, okay. Okay. That's mm. what I was wondering. Okay, thanks. Oh, yeah. and, and is it worth keeping an eye on your ketones? Like is it worth investing in those sorts of things? I think biohackers do it all the time. Um, and biohackers are usually people that are, you know, they can be bothered doing that stuff. I actually, I can, I really think it, you can almost feel it. So if you, let's say you eat um, – porridge for breakfast and a sandwich for lunch and pasta for dinner and do that for two days, then convert to eating exactly the foods that Karen talked about um, from the diet doctor, you know, where you were eating broccoli and vegetables and greens and a little bit of meat and some fat and some coconut oil. Oh, that was the one thing that I didn't talk to you about is how do we make our body make more ketones apart mm. from going on the ketogenic diet is to eat um Coconut oil, um, and if you go for a more refined product, is to is to eat MCT oils, and then an even more refined product is caprylic acid. Mm. So they've done testing on that. Whereas if you consume coconut oil, your body will make ketones. Mm. Um, yeah, well. So it's it's another way. It, like you, instead of eating the the beta um, hydroxybutyrate, you eat coconut oil, and your body will start to make ketones. Amazing, amazing that, that there is amazing. actually a food that does it. Yeah. And so that's raw coconut oil, Cindy? Yeah, yeah just the, the coconut oil um, works well. And if you've heard of um, Dave Asprey, Dave Asprey is the guy that started um, Bulletproof Coffee where yeah. you put MCT oil and um, butter 
in your coffee. So you're getting a real hit of fat that will make ketones. Uh, and I love that. Why not just do that? If, if you really want to, you know, expand your keto, get your body to make ketones, do a bulletproof coffee. Um, I've even done a bulletproof hot chocolate mm. where I'll make a hot chocolate. I'll put my cacao wafers in there. I'll put water in there. Then I'll put butter and coconut oil in there and I'll just – in my Thermomix. And then I'll just heat it up and then churn it and, and I'll drink that and, and that to me. If you don't drink coffee, then, you know, I'll do something like that. So – there's ways that you can make the body make more ketones. Um, so Dave Asprey is very much into, um, I guess, uh, trademarking his name of Bulletproof Coffee. And so he's produced MCT oil. So in order for you to be able to call a coffee Bulletproof, if you're commercially selling it, you have to use his MCT oil. Um, but I've, I've heard some people say, oh, the MCT oil gives me more energy than coconut oil does. Um, and then... Further on from that, caprylic acid. But caprylic acid is being made from palm oil, not coconut oil. And MCT oils are being made from palm and coconut oil. So I'm I'm really ethical. I try to be as much as as, as more I learn, the more I realize I try to be ethical about, okay, what is it that I can consume that I feel okay about that's not only benefiting me but the planet as well and everything that lives on this planet. So that's why I go for coconut oil and and yeah instead of the MCT. And I and I make my, in explanation mark, bulletproof coffee um, in that way. I, could, I remember I used to call it the keto coffee. Yeah, remember we used to do that? Yeah. We used to put the coffee, what did we used to put in there? We used to put the, we did too, Kimmy. The keto coffee. So we, we did have coffee. Coconut oil, a we shot of coffee, pe- a couple of yeah. co- cacao wafers. Um, peanut butter. Almond, almond, butter. almond butter. And, um, yeah. and butter or cream. Butter. Yeah, or cream. We did too. We used mm. to make them all the time. I know. I tried. All right, I better it. put that recipe up for everybody. Will I? I think that's a great idea. Okay, I'll put that. The, uh, uh, we called it keto coffee. Yeah. What did we call it? Keto coffee, didn't we? Called it my keto yeah. coffee. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I called it. Okay. I'll put the recipe up for everybody so yeah. they've got it. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And the almond butter just makes it so thick. I tell you, you do not mm. want to eat for hours when you have that shot. No. So one shot of coffee, two cacao wafers, a tablespoon of almond butter, a tablespoon of coconut oil, and a tablespoon of cream or ghee or butter. And you whizz it all up in the – oh, I'm going to go make it now. Um, <laughs> we used to do that all the time. I'd forgotten we used to – and we called it the keto coffee. Yeah. I think we need to start – um, branding it. I've already trademarked it, so don't even try, all you <laughs> listeners. I've already trademarked Good. it. Already trademarked. <laughs> all right. It's going to be big soon. Yeah, absolutely you big. You wait. Love it. <laughs> you wait. And I say to everybody, keep on masticating. Really. What an awesome podcast! Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, Kes. God, I've missed Thank you, girls. You, it's Cindy. lovely to be back. Oh, tight. It's going to be a great year, girls. That it is. That it is. So for everybody listening to today's podcast, no doubt you've loved it as much as we have and gotten so much out of it. Masticate, masticate, masticate. It's all I can say to you all. Um, go to our Facebook page at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. Post your comments and questions for our beautiful Obi-Wan Kenobi, Cindy. <laughs> also, um, you can also post your comments at all the w's dot the wellness couch dot com 
forward slash upper chat. Now, just before I sign off, I really just want to double check in with everybody who's listening to this podcast to let you guys know, we still do have some seats available for our New Zealand trip, which is coming up at the end of this year. We also have some seats available in our Africa trip. But interestingly enough, now we have less seats in Africa than what we do in New Zealand. So we're getting more and more people signing up for Africa. And I think it's, you know, both of the trips are going to be pretty exceptional. So have a look at our website at allthews.awakenthechangewithin.com. And right there, you can find the itinerary. You can download it. You can get yourself set up on your payment plans. It's all set up really, really easily for you. So go ahead and check it out and join Kim, Cindy, and myself for a fabulous 14 nights of trekking through the amazing Alps of New Zealand and also the incredible surrounds of Africa. Also, too, Kimmy's just sent me a quick message. I love how she does this. Um, When you go (laughs) to our Facebook page, this year we really want to hear more from you guys. We want to hear from you about what topics you would like us to share with you. You know, this is our fourth year, and um, we always thought when we first started that we would run out of things to talk about. Mm, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> but we definitely, definitely want you guys more involved. We want a much more interactive show this year for 2017. So please go to the Facebook page. That's where you guys can reach out to us. You know, we're constantly strolling through that that page and going through your questions and through your conversations with us. Reach out to us, keep it interactive, um, and let us know what you'd like us to talk about this year. So thanks, everybody, for joining us right here on Up For A Chat. Join us here next week and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world, and we're going to see you on the ride right the way through New Zealand. Oh, stop it. And don't forget, masticate. Okay, that's that. <laughs> This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.